Welcome back to In the Outside with Vincent Ramirez, previously on part two of my interview with Tina Strong. I thought, you know, at best or worst, I would just find that, okay, I'm attracted to women and maybe I'm what they call bisexual. Really do some soul searching. Let me really ask myself some hard questions. Do I really mean that, number one? Do I really feel like I could, if I never see another dick, I'm like, and I did. So that kind of started my, my process where I didn't date for a while after that. All of those questions ultimately brought me to, I know I want to be with women. I think that's a gift that I'm so incredibly grateful for because she came into a, a difficult situation that she started to date a, a, a woman who was a single mom of three kids. I think when she came to the picture, what, they were 12, 14, and 16. Those are asshole ages. And now, part three of my interview with Tina Strong. Yeah, I was gonna say those are some tough ages because I mean those teenage yeah. years and um, but isn't it isn't it interesting I think and I, we're we're pretty close in age I, I, at least for our generation and that I think the, this younger generation that some of this stuff is just like kind of like no sweat like okay you know like yeah. whatever you know I got like gay friends in school you know it's just like um, exactly that's awesome that's um, that's a, a a very positive thing to hear that uh, that your kids have been. Uh, welcoming and um, you know, and they have, continue to have a sounds like a very solid relationship with uh, with Dorian. So uh, that makes the biggest difference in life, I think. So we talked a little bit about you doing uh, group fitness and uh, uh, you know from from Lifetime Fitness and everything, and that's actually where we knew each other from. Um, how many years have you been actually doing like uh, instructing and coaching and and uh, group fitness and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. My my fitness career has been a little over 13 years. I, I kind oh, wow. of really got into it in 2005 um, as my mom was um, struggling with, with cancer and then when mm-hmm. she passed away. So that's that was the beginning. That's when I really threw myself after she passed away into fitness. And, and uh, so, yeah, a little over 13 years. Wow. Wow. And you are, you kind of have left the, in the last couple of years, you've kind of left the uh, right word is like a corporate uh, type of uh, group, uh, group fitness environment, but uh, and, yeah. and then you were a manager, I, I remember, um, and uh, you kind of uh, gone on and, and to do your own thing. So tell me a little bit about that. What, what are you What are you up to now, and 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 how's that How's that career going and everything? Yeah, for sure. So I did leave the corporate um, group fitness management life in that I was. Um, definitely ready for, uh, I, I left primarily because I wanted to focus more on the part of group fitness that I enjoyed, which was the teaching. Mm-hmm. I got tired of managing, <laughs> I got tired of, um, you know, all of the, the red tape and all of everything that comes with working for a corporation, right? I just wanted to focus more on the part that gave me joy, which was teaching classes and impacting people's lives. Um, without all of the extra, right? So yeah. I left that full-time corporate position and I just started teaching classes. And so um, for that next year, that's all I did was I taught classes. I did some consulting work um, yeah, still in the group fitness arena and, and from a corporate perspective. Um, I did some operational work with a fitness convention series. So you know, I still wanted to be a part of the fitness industry and I mm-hmm. still was very much connected to so many people that I knew previously um, with my, my previous position. So I wanted to stay 
and, and, and keep doing what I, I felt like I was good at um, and help where I could without the extra, like I said. Um, so then I, there was a, an opportunity came where there is a, a young woman, a, a young black woman who is an entrepreneur, owns several businesses, and she wanted to buy a gym, but she didn't have a background in fitness. So she was looking for someone to run the gym, and she hired me to be her general manager. So in December of 2017, I started uh, working with her and running her gym, and that's what I'm doing now in addition to teaching classes. So I still teach regular classes um, at a local cycle studio and regular bar and yoga classes and strength classes. Wow. That's awesome, and uh, and having uh, having taken your classes, uh, definitely your strength. <laughs> it is, I mean, you're so motivating, and um, and those are the type of classes that you want to be involved in, especially when you're trying to uh, develop your fitness and, and and be active in that way. So uh, that's that's awesome. You know, I've, I've followed you on um, on Facebook. I think uh, connected with you probably a while back, and uh, I've noticed that you've been. Uh, pretty vocal uh, in, in in some of political positions and things like that. And I noticed that you're also uh, being uh, very proactive with trying to get people to vote or being vocal politically. No, I absolutely uh, have not always been involved uh, politically and socially. That has been new, me stepping into my activism. I call it my baby activism. Um, has just happened as of 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, as a matter of fact, I I used to be your uh, typical, I don't want to talk about religion or politics person because Mm -hmm. it's rude and I don't want to offend anybody. That definitely used to be me. Also didn't want to talk about politics because I didn't want to be um, upset or sad or angry. Um, I didn't want what was happening around me in the world to affect me. I wanted to protect my bubble of happiness, and I wanted to stay in it and pretend like that's what the world was like. Um, very similar to the way that I was raised when I was a kid, when I didn't know that there were problems in the world and there were injustices. So yeah. that changed for me in 2016. I had, up until 2016, I had been very successful at uh, staying away from what was going on in the news. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, I haven't watched the news in Many, many, many years. I would say at least six or seven years. I, I haven't watched the news. I don't watch the news. Okay. And so I remember when uh, Trayvon Martin was killed. I remember the, you know, I was on social media. So I saw um, from a distance some people following that and commenting and sharing things. But I was very intentional in not getting involved, not mm-hmm. paying attention, not reading out up about what was going on. I did not want to know. Um, because I, I didn't want to be affected and I didn't want to be sad. So in July of 2016, while on Facebook, I accidentally saw the video of um, uh, Alton Sterling being killed. Mm-hmm. And that was traumatic for me in a way that I can't even explain. And then a few days later, I watched the video of um, Philando Castile being killed mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Um, after seeing those two videos, I was changed forever. Um, something inside of me broke, and I didn't know what to do with what I felt and what I experienced after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew I was never going to be the same. 
Um, to then fast forward to November 2016, and Donald Trump was elected yeah. president. And I just felt like the world turned upside down. And again, I didn't really at that time know what that meant to me, but I just knew that I did not want to become this angry, complaining victim of what was happening around me to um, unarmed black people um, and and our interactions with the police. Yeah. I didn't want to be a victim to this psychomaniac person being our president. I wanted to do something. and I didn't know what that meant or what that looked like. I just knew I was going to figure it out. So um, that started, I think, honestly, with the Women's March in January of 2017. Mm-hmm. I, I went to the local women's march here in Atlanta. And that was my first taste of, (laughs) of activism, I would say in that I, you know, you're, you're in that space of marching with all of these people, all of these women. And we were so um, fired up to shake things up and to change things and to not let these next four years um, destroy us. Right. Um, and, and so that kind of led, that, that led to the next uh, couple of months where I would uh, fortunately um, become introduced to local women who were putting together some really grassroots things to help get um, liberal and progressive candidates elected. So mm-hmm. I started helping out with some local campaigns, and then I started, you know, um, learning more about, you know, I was, I was started attending some, some rallies and some protests and from then on, you know, deciding that I can definitely, there are things that I can do to get involved from an organizational standpoint. And I can align myself with, you know, uh, like some of the democratic candidates that are running for office. And that's definitely what I've done. Um, but then on my own, I've taken upon myself to just say, I, don't have as you know I can't fit into some of the time frames that these organizations are holding their events so why don't I do things on my own when I'm available when I've got it in my schedule to do and so I started um, holding voter registration drives and that's yeah. been a huge focus for me over the past couple of months is making sure that people are registered to vote and that they're informed of how important their vote is and that they know um, you know when they're voting when the election, dates are early voting as well as where their polling places are. So everything around voter registration is just been a very um, important thing for me right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think for um, you're not alone in the in the in, in the motion of something being triggered inside you to to kind of to kind of take that step out there and uh, become more involved uh, in your community and um, you're not the first time I've heard somebody where it's something changed, you know, during that 2016, uh, uh, election cycle and, um, good for you for, for, for stepping out there and, and, and trying to, uh, empower people to also, um, make sure that their voices are heard. Thank you. It's been really rewarding. Thank you. Good, good. I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, based on your life experience, I mean, from, uh, from growing up in a childhood of, uh, you know, predominantly, you know, religious background, you know, kind of carrying that through through your adult years and, and just with your own life experience, what maybe what kind of advice would you give to someone that is 
um, young, maybe that they're questioning themselves or they're not sure kind of where they kind of fit into the world, what kind of advice would you would you offer them? Oh, that's a great question. I would encourage them to shut out as many voices, all of the voices as they can, to open themselves up to really listening to their heart. Um, I think a lot of us already know what rings true for us, but because there's so much noise coming from all so many directions, different directions. We have noise from our families, well-meaning, our friends, from media, from um, you know the way that we were raised, um, church and religious backgrounds. We have all of these things that, that um, like you said, contribute to who we are and who we become as adults. Um, but I think for me, when I started to shut out what I was hearing and what was coming in to my head and my heart from mm-hmm. the church, when I started to shut out um, and and not give so much uh, validity to the way that I was raised just because that's what I was taught, but open myself up to listening to what did I, what really felt right, what really felt true, what really resonated with me. That was when I was able to, first of all, identify what, what I wanted and who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to really also identify what I wasn't and the areas of my life where I didn't feel like I was walking my truth and living my truth. Yeah. Um, so it started with me shutting everything out and getting really quiet with myself. Um, and, and really the getting quiet is the other part and the other piece of it. Um, as I mentioned, the first time I remember having a conversation with someone that was a out conversation, it was during my um, 200 hour yoga teacher training program. Uh, that was a very intense training that I went through. Um, it was very introspective, very, um, you know, going deep and looking inside of who I was, um, not who I thought that I was, not who everyone else wanted me to be, not the person I was showing to the world, but who I truly was. Uh, a lot of that came as a result of meditation and getting quiet and still and learning how um, critical and immensely valuable it was for my soul to be still, to be still, to find stillness and just to breathe and see what came up to the surface. My, my first experiences with meditation, honestly, were painful. Um, I didn't want to be still. I didn't want to shut my eyes. I didn't want to clear my mind. I wanted to be moving and busy because that's where we are used to, we're trained to operate in all of the noise and I didn't know what to expect and I didn't know what I was going to experience when I stilled the noise and it was scary. It was scary and uh, I I really uh, resisted it for a while and and then when I finally um, began to get still and uh, just for a few minutes a day, a few moments at a time um, and allow whatever was inside of me to come up to the surface, that's when I really started to say, you know what, there's, there's more to this, uh, more to me, more to life than um, just living day to day, kind of foggy in a phase with this gray. I knew that there was more, but I would have never known there was more until I started asking myself, what do I want? So listen, just shutting off the noise, asking yourself, what do you want? Getting quiet and letting those things come to the surface and then finding the courage to follow that. And so I I call myself and I consider myself 
uh, a chooser of love and a follower of joy. When mm. I identified what brought me joy, follow that. That's I just decided I'm going to follow that no matter what. So that when I stopped feeling joy or when I got into those places that were um, that just didn't ring true, I would not stay in that place anymore. I would go back to what feels true, where's my joy, and how can I um, be my most authentic self. Um, so it's following that love, following that joy, and following that light. Yeah. That's that's uh that's some amazing advice. I uh you've hit on so many excellent points and uh um I definitely want to thank you where I'm at now just to say thank you for sharing that because that's uh I I think that that's an important uh message especially for especially for the youth. I mean uh and, and anybody that is, you know, you know questioning who they are or you know uh, trying to make the what they feel the right decisions but they they may be getting those outer forces that that might be telling them otherwise and, and it prevents people a lot of times from living with their truth. So, um, Tina, who would you say has been your, probably your biggest inspiration in your life so far? That's a hard, that's a hard question for me. Um, because it really has changed, um, as far as where I am in my life and what's going on at, at this time in my life. So uh, right now I am completely inspired by my wife and, you know, yeah. at the, at the, risk of feeling and sounding very cliche. Yeah. Um, she's embarking upon uh, a reinvention of her own where she's um, changing careers. And so just watching her through that process. And um, and she and I, a few years ago, really 2017, we call that our jump year. Mm. Uh, 2017 is when I quit my full-time corporate job and she also quit her job. And we decided that year that we were going to follow our hearts and follow our joy oh, and wow. trust the universe and only do things that we were passionate about. Um, and so we kind of set this precedence for where we are now in living our best lives. We are huge over fans. So yeah. forever the goal is to live our best life. And we are. Um, and it's taken a lot of courage and it's, um, been this incredible journey that we've learned so much about ourselves. So I'm just inspired by her living that and, and, and taking the risk to be a beginner again and start brand new and start fresh and uh, knowing that this is her following her heart um, and she encourages me to do the same. And of course, every single time we encounter someone meet someone, know someone, watch someone, speak their truth, tell their story, um, live their best life. That encourages those around us to do the same thing. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. No, thank yeah, you for sharing that. Right no, I, I, that's a, that's a great answer. I mean, I, that's, uh, <laughs> it, it sounds like your, your, your wife has been very influential in your life. I wanted to say thank you again for taking the time to just talk with me and, and share your journey and share your story. Um, if you have a couple more minutes, I want to play this game of Would You Rather. We'll just ask a couple of questions, um, and then uh, I can let you get on with your day. Because <laughs> if not, I'll let you talk all day long. <laughs> Either um, one. Let's go. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's um, – here, I'll go ahead and start. And as I mentioned before, these are questions that are 
there's no right or wrong answer. These are just for fun and give me an opportunity to kind of maybe take a moment to think maybe why you would answer some of the questions the way you would and, and we'll have a little discussion about them. So, okay. So the first question is, uh, would you rather run 20 miles in 68 degree weather or eight miles in 100 degree weather? I'm going to say eight miles and 107, and that's just because I believe in getting it over with. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. So no matter how miserable the, the, the environment is, um, I'm gonna, I want to do eight miles and get it over with as opposed to run 20. That's a long time, yeah. um, a long time to run, even though 68 degree weather is lovely to run in. Yeah, but it would definitely take That's you. A long time. Yeah, it definitely would be a, a long, a long time. I, I, I agree with you there. I think I'd let's get it over with. Let me let me get in there and out as fast on it as I could. So, <laughs> all right. Absolutely. As long as I can be well hydrated, then yeah, I'm in for the eight miles. There you go. Awesome. Okay. All right. So I'll ask you the next question. All right. Would you rather shave your head once and get a tattoo on your scalp, or shave your eyebrows off permanently? <laughs> Well, I guess the whole emphasis on shave your head, your head once is because your hair is going to grow back. Right. So because of the recent experience that I'm going through with my hair, um, I'm, I would totally shave off the eyebrows. Eyebrows are optional. Um, I can draw them on or paint them on, but I, I, my hair is Hair is hair is important to me, <laughs> so I'm not shaving my hair. Oh gosh, <laughs> you know it's funny because I think I had the same thought process, but it's a little uh, not really into wearing any kind of makeup. So <laughs> to draw my eyebrows on and not have eyebrows, I mean, but to have a tattoo on my head, I mean, I know there's people out there that do that, but I I don't think I would want to have a tattoo on my scalp either. So I think I'd have to. I think I have to agree with you on that one. I, I'd maybe possibly shave my eyebrows off permanently. That would be... Well, and even if you don't want to wear makeup, you can... First of all, they, the eyebrows don't all look like makeup, but you can also do eyebrow tattoos. Oh, so there's yeah. something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we got some alternative <laughs> options here. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Okay, so let me ask you maybe about two more. Um, let's see. All right. Would you rather uh, never be able to answer a question... Or never be able to ask a question? Oh, I'd rather never be able to answer a question. Right. I, I would die if I couldn't ask questions. Yeah, that 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 would be tough. Yeah, being, not being able to really ever answer or ask a question would be really difficult for me as well. I definitely am on the same page of you on that one. All right, here's a pretty good one. Let's see. Would you rather uh, go back in time and give your younger self advice that will change your life or go into the future and find out what you will encounter in years to come? I don't think I would go back and give myself advice. I'm I'm really grateful for the experiences that I've had, and I I'm happy with the path that I took. So I wouldn't want to go back to give myself advice because I think that I I did it just fine. Um, so then I would have to choose going into the future to see what I would encounter. That's interesting that you say that. I I think I'm naturally inclined to probably want to go back and tell myself, okay do this differently or change that. But, you know, your, your mistakes are also things that kind of make you into being who you are. I mean, granted that, you know, imagine if I was talking to a murderer, maybe they would say something different, but you know, it's like, 
Um, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it becomes all part of that process and the journeys. Okay, well, that's all I have. I, uh, I, I definitely wanted to just kind of play that game with you. And I know I've kept you uh, way over the time that I told you. And ultimately, I want to thank you again for taking the time and sharing your journey with me. Is there anything that you would like to promote or for people can find out more information about you? Uh, anything else that you want to uh, let my listening audience know about you? There's not anything that I have to promote right now. I'm actually in the process of, of starting some diversity and inclusion work where I'll be um, speaking to groups um, and, and just kind of sharing my story, very similar to how we've done today on the podcast, just mm-hmm. about my life as a, an out and, and queer uh, woman of color. And um, so that type of thing that I'm, I'm actually, I'm still putting it together. It's in the beginning phases and I really haven't even shared uh, much with anyone yet. So I would just say if, if, if people want to follow me, um, they can find me on social media at group fitness life on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And then once I uh, put together, you know, um, more ways to follow me, that that's probably going to be where I share that. That's a way to, to keep up with what I'm what I'm doing, what I have going on. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, again, I appreciate it, Tina. Thank you very much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. If you love what I'm doing at Any Outside Podcast, feel free to connect with me on social media and share your comments via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I appreciate hearing your feedback. And if you would like to learn more about In the Outside, check out our website at intheoutsidemedia.com or intheoutsidepodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe and leave reviews wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Talk to you soon.